I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green on WGR is presented by Woods to Wedges, by Michelob Ultra, by the Western New York PGA, by Custom Turf, and by our home clubs, Fox Valley, Tantara, and Briarwood. It's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Good morning. It is just about 7 o'clock here on a Saturday morning, and it is the Tee to Green Golf Show every Saturday here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We are on for week three of our 2019 season. On the road again today at Glen Oak Golf Course here in Amherst. And it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day as soon as we can see the sun. Brian Colesiel, Kevin Sylvester is at the Players' Championship. So we'll get to him at 7.30. He is, again, working hard for PGA Tour Radio this week. And as always with me is PGA Pro Jeff Metis from this fine establishment here at Glen Oak. Good morning. wonderful morning, Brian. Good to see you. We have these beautiful windows to look out. We can't see anything yet. It's a little dark. It is a little dark. The time changes. But we're overlooking the the, the nice creek in the 10th tee area here. Yep, yep. Overlooking the golf course, wishing we had a little more warmth so we could get some golfers out there, get that grass growing. But we still have a little bit of snow. and uh, and there's frost in that ground still. You don't have to go down very far before it's frozen. Yeah, can't get a tee in the ground very far right now. I know. And so, also making up our round table this morning from Glen Oak PGA Pro Tim Freeze. Brian, good morning. Hi, Tim. This is fun. Glad to have you back here. We we like having you on the show. You're. We can call you a semi-regular, right? You're, you're a friend of the show. Is that what the phrase? Friend of the show. That's, of the that's show. a good way. Yes. Did that's a little right. time back in the day, right? That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Tim's a rules aficionado also. I know. Yes. I yeah. actually had to to back out of some uh, little rules thing down in Pittsburgh uh, this weekend. we got a lot going on here at Glen Oak. So uh, that started today. It's a three and a half, four day. You really get involved with the rules, but didn't make it. So brush up on my rule book the pga staffs there the western pga yes, is two of our staff members uh, trying to become rules experts with these new rules changes it's a difficult test uh one of the harder tests you can take to be considered what's the title you get freezer when you're when you're i think if you get a 90 or above then you you're into a another rules upper echelon yes. of, uh, you could be in a rules official uh, basically that that open book part is harder than the the rule book or not the i got that mixed up they put the rule book in front of you and all your materials. That's the harder part than just answering questions. Yeah, I, I, I always say the rule. I, I'm not making a ruling without the book in front of me. It's hard to do it now, especially with the changes. So yeah, so it, we're gonna we're, we're gonna spend uh, this first segment uh, for the majority of it talking about a lot of the new rules here for 2019 and maybe how it just affects your you as a amateur golfer here playing in Western New York. We hope here maybe uh, very soon. 
Um, Kevin Sylvester will join us from the Players' Championship at 7.30. Uh, we have another Tea to Green Club giveaway. Some uh, Glen Oak swag coming your way here today. So <laughs> Swag would uh, be the get, right word. That's right. Get yes. ready for that. Uh, every, you know, we're going to be giving away stuff quite often here, virtually every week on the show. Um, so if you would like to be eligible to win, you don't even have to do anything other than just sign up to be a member of our Tea to Green Club. Uh, go to our website, t2green.golf, t2green, the number two, t2green.golf. All you got to do is click on the tab that says Tea to Green Club and put your name and email, and you're in. And then we randomly just draw a name every week or two or three, depending on what we're giving away. And uh, this week you'll uh, you'll get some sweet Glen Oak swag coming your way. Well, if it looks like you guys, you're all dressed up in your TD Green uh, uniforms here, That's good right. swag, and you actually have a little uh, Irish green in your Titleist hat. Very nice. Thank you. I know. I've yeah. got uh, my Donald Ross uh, shirt that uh, they gave us for 2019. Look good. Jeff, yep. you look good right. in it as well. Right. well I'm in you. my demo equipment. I'm glad this yeah. isn't Facebook Live. We're going to bust right. up some more walls. That's, yeah. right. Have some That's fun. right. That's right. You guys are doing a lot of work here. We'll talk about that, too. So what we're going to talk about some rules yep. coming in here. We better bring in somebody that knows. Yes. yes. Uh, Andrew Hickey is coming in with us here. Jeff, you want to give him his official due title here? Well, Mr. Hickey works for the New York State Golf Association, and currently he's got a seminar at the Park Club today explaining the new rules changes. Starts at 7.30, so we're glad we could have him on. That's right. Andrew, good morning here. It's Brian, Jeff, and Tim here at Glen Oak. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for coming on, by the way. I know you got a big morning, and uh, you're traveling a lot and giving a lot of these seminars, so uh, we really appreciate you coming on and getting us all up to speed on what's going on with these new rule changes. Are you working, Andrew, here in about 25 minutes that you're uh, going to give a seminar? Yeah, we have about uh, 140 people coming to park to do about a three-hour rule seminar on the major changes, and uh, it's uh, you know they're open to the public and running them all over the state. This is our first one, and it's... Uh, it's exciting to see so many people interested in the new rule changes. How would you say they are being received so far? Uh, we know that you know when we've been watching PGA Tour events, there's been some you know happiness with it, and then even some of the pros aren't happy with some of it. What what are you hearing in terms of just some of the feedback you're getting? Well, of course, up here, not getting too much feedback yet from players because obviously we're not playing too much golf yet here in upstate New York. Uh, but I'm getting lots of questions about what's happening on TV in the tour. And, you know, anytime you have a big rollout of changes like this that are pretty drastic, you're going to have some issues, I guess you could say, with the application of the rules. And we saw a few penalties given out on these new rules, the tour players, but it's a very small percentage. I think it's only like six out of 60,000 shots so far. Maybe my numbers are off. I know it's a very, very small percentage. But, you know, I really think that once we get into the, the core, the meat of our season, and people see the, the new rules and application, that they're really going to like the new changes. What are the core changes? I mean, could you break it down into certain categories or certain certain constructs that the, the way the rules are working differently that might make it simple for people? Or, or where, where do you need to know the most? Or what few rule changes do we need to know first? Sure. Uh, I think the big one and the one that you've seen most discussed on the tour so far is the dropping procedures. Um, of course, we're no longer dropping from shoulder height. We're dropping from knee height. It's funny to think not too long ago, uh, players used to drop the ball over the shoulder. So we're trying to to get closer to the ground. And the real reason we're dropping now at knee height is so that when a ball is dropped, 
we have what's called a relief area where we're supposed to be dropping the ball, and the ball is supposed to come to rest. Dropping from knee height, that ball will most likely actually come to rest now in that relief area. Before, there were eight situations where you'd have to redrop when that ball would roll out of the relief area. So that's really going to simplify that procedure. Um, no longer do we have water hazards. They're called penalty areas. And you can do much more in these areas now, too. There, you can ground your club. You can take practice swings. And you can also move loose impediments, which you couldn't do before. You can also move loose impediments in bunkers. So if you have leaves or stones or twigs, you can throw those out and not have them in your way as you make a stroke in the bunker or that penalty area. And, of course, now we can putt with the flag stick in, and I know I appreciate that opportunity to do so. I think that's really going to help speed up play and uh, maybe even help pull a putt or two during your round. And the ball search, that was reduced? Yeah, that's a, a nice one as well. It's uh, been re uh, reduced from five minutes to three minutes. So if you're out there searching for a ball, be sure to look at your phone or set your timer. I don't really see too many people doing that on their own, but I certainly recommend doing that if you can. Yep. Andrew Hickey with us here talking rules, along with Brian Colziel, PGA Pro Jeff Metis, and PGA Pro Tim Fries from Glen Oak Golf Course here on Tee to Green on WGR. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Andrew here to talk about the new rules and hopefully clear some things up and get out some good information for you. Uh, Andrew, the, the biggest one on tour that I feel like is, that has gotten the most talk over the first month or so has definitely been the pin, uh, keeping the pin in to putt. And, you know, we've heard from a lot of the pros, uh, you know, Bryson DeChambeau we know studies the game as much as anybody, and uh, he's very adamant about thinking that keeping it in is helpful. Uh, some of the players say that they, you know, they might keep it in for longer putts, take it out for shorter putts, vice versa. There's been some debate back and forth on that. Um, ultimately, though, I mean, you mentioned it right away about speeding up play. Um, do you think from what you watch with the pros that it's actually having an impact so far? And uh, does that encourage you that maybe when all of us amateurs get out here to play golf that it will speed up play? Yeah, I mean, from, from watching on TV, I think it does that the plays put is speeding up a little bit at least on the greens um but again we're going to need to see some data and the usga is is all about data now so i imagine as we get um more events played and and get some data from more public golf we'll actually see some numbers and see its real impact Andrew, what here's a, the rule where the ball goes out of bounds now that's changed and it, it, it's also covered under a local rule can you explain the difference there and, and what's going on with the ball that might be hit out of bounds now sure that's a that's an important distinction between a rule and a local rule so there is now a local rule saying that a player has an opportunity to take a two-stroke penalty and drop a ball within it depends on where it crosses that out of bounds line you're able to drop an equidistance from that spot in the fairway, two club lengths from that edge of the fairway, no closer to the hole from where your ball crossed the out-of-bounds line. Now, that's only available to players if the club or tournament or pro adopts that local rule, which actually amends the rules of golf played at that facility. So if that rule isn't in effect, you can't play it. So be sure to... Ask your club if that local rule is in effect. And really what it's recommended for is just everyday play. It's not recommended for tournaments. So I, I imagine a lot of clubs will adopt it because it certainly will help with pace of play. Andrew, uh, th Tim here, that uh, 
it's it's nice that you arranged actually here at Glen Oak. I think it's April 13th. We're going to have a rules seminar here as well, and so the public is is certainly welcome to to come here uh, and listen to you as well. I'm interested too, from an everyday standpoint, the handicap, the integrity of maybe our handicap system. That as we go into uh, players posting their handicaps, knowing some of these rules, and here at Glen Oak we do have a, a men's club. Um, how do we help them in a sense when they when they're teeing off? We certainly will consider adopting that local rule and different rules as they go off uh, here at Glen Oak. What would you say to uh, the everyday guy that you know? What should you know uh, if you want to maintain that handicap? And if you mess up a little bit, you know what would be the procedure? I think it's important to, you know, to do your best to play by the rules, especially if you're going to keep a handicap and make sure that handicap accurately reflects your playing potential. And one thing I see often is players going out there and giving each other five, six, seven foot putts, and then they're wondering why they're not competing in that competition. I'll tell you, I miss quite a few of those putts, and if I was giving those all the time, you know, my handicap would certainly drop a few strokes. I think, you know, doing your best to hole out, especially, you know, continuation of putting you don't necessarily need to wait for everyone to get out of your way um but you certainly can uh finish out more often there but if you ever have any rules issues you know i would certainly reach out to your golf professionals and and try to use this year as an opportunity to learn the rules and really study these changes but you know i think trying to keep an accurate handicap is great for the game it gives you an opportunity to compete against your peers on a equitable basis and doing what you can to make sure it's accurate is really important one last question before i let you get back to work there um the ball moved at rest struck you know there's some changes there um you know if you make a practice swing on the putting green and 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 things like that those rules have changed slightly too right if a, a ball of motion deflected i know they've changed the terminology now but how how does that rule work now yeah, it's really on the putting green. If, if by chance you accidentally move your ball on the putting green, really if you kick it, if you drop a club and it moves, or if you're taking a practice swing on a putting green and your ball moves, all you have to do is replace it and there's no penalty now. But that's just on the putting green, so just be sure that you know, you're not doing that as well in the, um, the fairway or you know, rough. If you do move it anywhere, though, you always have to replace it. They're kinder and gentler now, these rules, aren't they? Certainly a little bit. Just to echo Tim's uh, comment earlier, we are uh, adding a second rule seminar at Glen Oak. We're excited for that uh, chance to do so, and that's on Saturday, April 13th. And if anyone's interested in attending, again, it's free. You get a free continental breakfast and free rules books. And uh, all you have to do is sign up through the NYSGA's website. It's just nysga.org. Andrew Hickey with us here from the New York State Golf Association. Andrew, last thing, and then we'll let you go because we know you've got to uh, get yourself off to this rules seminar. Um, ultimately, I know that's one thing that I feel like we've talked about quite a bit on our show on a weekly basis is how, and, and you know, I'm sitting in between here, two PGA pros that I know are fully on board with this mantra. How do we make the game more fun, and how do we make the game in terms of pace of play better? And do you feel ultimately like these rules check both boxes? I feel like they're a good step in that direction. Just like with any, you know, any procedure where you're trying to adopt some changes with multiple groups involved, you're never going to get all the way there in the first shot. But I think this is a monumental change when you look at previous rules changes. So I certainly think that this is a step in that direction to help with that. But, you know, one thing that the rules do now include is language to encourage ready golf and playing at a faster pace of play so those are things that were always encouraged but never really actually in the rules so i 
strongly encourage at our events ready golf as long as you're playing it in a responsible way where you're not interrupting any other players. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, great. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on and uh, giving us some insight this morning. We'll uh, hopefully maybe catch up with you at some point later on in the year. Good luck today. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, have fun. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew Hickey from the New York State Golf Association there talking about some of the new rules for 2019. Uh, I didn't mean to speak for both of you there, but I, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm fair and, I, and I'm, I'm stealing your, your words of many times that you guys are always interested in making it more fun, mm-hmm. improving place to play, right? Yeah, and yeah. I do believe they made a nice step here. I meant <clears> to ask him if it's going to be a biannual review now because are they expecting a lot of changes? Maybe they'll let it take its uh, take shape for two years and still do it the same way or if they'll uh, keep addressing them as they have with the uh, with the tour events. <laughs> They've come out with some clarification on some of the fuzzy rules. Um but, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, Tim, we've been studying the rules for 30 years. You, <laughs> you, we've been to the classes, and uh, it was interesting to sit in the room with uh, Andrew earlier in the fall as he covered the rules changes for a bunch of PGA professionals. Um, very interesting. I like what they're doing. I'm not sure I'm 100% comfortable with uh, how to rule on all of them yet, but uh, these seminars that we go to will hopefully uh, – Yeah, and they've been studying here for, well, it's upwards of seven years to come out and, and with this rollout, um, trying to simplify the rules from 34 down to – you know, in the 20s, and, and I can see this going even a little less. They've combined a lot of decisions. Yep. Um, the hard part for us as golf professionals is we have in our head different things, and you see Ricky making a mistake, dropping it from his shoulder. It's just in our heads. Yeah. Um, it looks right to us. It, it's yeah. right. So the hard part is going to be trying to get to this, quote, easier situation for the rules, but that'll be the hard part. We're about to play in some tournaments coming up. Brian, you're going to play in a tournament. Your son's going to be playing in tournaments. I think the younger generation now is going to learn – um, easier rules, let's say, not as much to remember, and that's a good thing. But for us that that are playing currently and are about to play more, um, unless you're just reading, you may be going to a seminar, reading the basic rules, read just the major changes. That'll certainly help on an everyday basis. I bet you folks coming out here at Glen Oak or playing any golf course uh, are just going to keep doing their same thing. Well, the, the rules are similar to what people do anyway. You play with my dad. He hits it out of bounds. He's dropping it in the fairway anyway. Right. So um, he might give it a fluff, too, But um, <laughs> even though the lie is perfect. But the, right. it, I think it's more what people do, and I, it does offer a lot of chances to speed up play. I mean, that two minutes for a lost ball, the out-of-bounds rule, the, you know, not penalizing yourself for hitting. Some of them make a lot of sense. I do think the drop looks awkward. I wish they would change well, the yeah, drop. Well, yeah, because what we, we mentioned it two weeks ago, Fowler said like it just it's such an unathletic he said it's an unathletic sort of routine he said he is we're, we're supposed to try to make golf fun and hip and you know because that's obviously part of what he does and he goes i just i don't like it but in yeah. into that point i've been in obviously jeff and i've been in many tournaments and then of those eight situations that the ball can roll into i probably saw seven of them and i had to redrop and then when you redrop it didn't stay and then i had to place it this when you drop it from your knee those aren't really going to happen for yeah. the most part. So it should help, whether it helps in pace of play, I'm not sure, but it, it's certainly going to be – I was hoping they were going to get it, you drop it above the ground or you place it. It might get to there at some point because everyone does that anyway. They just take it out of their golf bag, throw it over here. That's the general Saturday morning round. That's you know? right. 7-17 here on TD Green on WGR. We're live at Glen Oak Golf Course here in Amherst. I'm with PGA pros Jeff Medes and Tim Freeze. Brian Colesio with you here on WGR. Thanks for joining us. Kevin Sylvester. Uh, at 7.30 from the Players' Championship. We'll get his thoughts there. Uh, a really, really good round from Rory McIlroy yesterday. He's in the lead uh, with Tommy Fleetwood, who's had a very good first two days. Uh, Kevin was following uh, McIlroy yesterday. 
So uh, we'll get a chance to hear what that was like to see that round in person. Um, but we're talking some rule changes here at Glen Oak, and uh, you know, I'll still I'll ask you guys: Have you have you thought about keeping the pin in about putting? Like, if you're playing in a round where you're going to have to post a score, like, have you thought about where what you're going to do when and keep it in or keep take it out? Or I don't I, think a golfer hasn't. Yeah, I think yeah. I don't know. If there's a golfer. Yeah, I know it would be weird for me. Um, but I'm growing more and more comfortable with the thought of doing it. At first, ah, no one's going to put it in. You know, you get a six-footer, it'll look too weird to you, blah, blah. Then you see all these tour players doing it, and then you hit a few putts, and, hey, it's, you know, it's not terrible. Um, Is the yeah. pin width at every course the same? There's not a standard, which that's uh, something that I gives some pause. Sometimes, if you have a wider one, is that is that an more apt to maybe where the ball actually won't drop like what I, I guess I'm wondering will you ever see the scenario where the ball will just be resting against the pin there and not go down into the cup we've seen all kinds of flags and and, yeah. and what they're made of thicker right there's sleeves yeah. on flags on depending on the height um, there is a semi-standard right around the hole where the ball enters right. um, but if you listen to some of the tour fellas uh, they're not going back and I'm probably in that camp I'm keeping the I'm keeping the flag in um, why do you think there was a two-stroke penalty years and years ago about if you hit the flag stick because it was an advantage. It wasn't a one-stroke penalty, it was two. So I think there's a distinct advantage. And psychologically, you get something out of the corner of your eye, it's not a black hole, it's a flag, it's a target, it's thinner, it's smaller, aim small, miss small. So I think more people will take the advantage of keeping that flag in. And we're going to see it, I'm interested, in the last hole of Augusta, downhill left to righter, and it's to win. Is he keeping the flag in? I think they are. <laughs> and I think they're standardized pretty much the pins on tour. They're all using basically tour the same are. pin. Um, the one thing that's interesting is if you ever go out and play and you're just putzing around and trying to play real fast, your putting stroke is super free when that pin's in for some reason. It just feels a little bit, hey, I got a little whatever. You just let it go a little bit more, and I think there's an inherent advantage there, just that, that backdrop that, or that backstop, that security that's there with the flag in the hole, that if you hit a little too stiff. So I think it'll free people's strokes up. And I think I look at a guy like Adam Scott. He's been putting great. It's always been a, a Achilles heel for him, and and just something like that flag stick may have just put a little spark in there. Keegan Bradley. Great. Yep. Yeah, he's putting much better. Yeah. Webb Simpson. Yep. <laughs> Adam Scott said that because of the of the pin, he's what you had said, Jeff. That he said I just am playing maybe just a hair less break, and I'm giving it just a hair more pace, and he goes suddenly more going in for me. You start seeing him go yeah. in. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Now you can be even. You're like oh, you're more aggressive on the next one, and bang, it's in again. And all of a sudden, Adam Scott's now playing great. But I think yes. I'd take the pin out on short uphillers, and there's certain situations <laughs> where I'm gonna that pin's still gonna come out. It just doesn't look great to me. You know, the wind's blowing and it's going back and forth or forward and backwards, and you might you might be distracting. So right. maybe we're just used to that. And again, it's part of this process. But if everyone on a Saturday morning kept the flag in, I could see where that might increase a pace of play a couple of minutes if everyone did it. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we got a minute or two here before uh, we get to our first time out and then bring Kevin in from the players. Um, Tiger yesterday took a seven on the island green at 17. Uh, the worst score, well, tied the worst score ever for him on a par three. But he played tremendously well other than that score. I he mean, had 16 greens. I mean, think about Missed it. Missed that one. If you, if you <laughs> make it, if yeah. he pars that hole and he's four shots better, I mean, we're talking about him being in contention to maybe have a chance to win this weekend. Not that, I mean, there's still two rounds to go. Anything can happen. But, I mean, we'd be legitimately, we probably would have been starting the show today with, hey, Tiger's got a chance to win at the players this week. Uh, you've played that hole, right, Jeff? I have. Tell yeah. us what's that standing like on the tee. 
You know, it's fun. It's cool. Yeah. yeah, it's like just all the history that goes with that hole. It's not, once you get there, it's not so daunting. It's nice, especially they play the, they're from the front of the tee. They're hitting 120 yards. Um, but it's really cool. You can The what, nice thing there is what you can see. You can see 17. You can see 16, 18T. Um, so it's really cool. It was a lot of fun to be there. You know, I wish I'd have made the putt, but, um, yeah, everybody does. But I want to get back someday and play it again. I know the... They slightly different grass this year because they are playing earlier. They they've been in March compared to yeah uh, to overs- May. with the overseed and stuff. But uh, we had played and um, we had played in January, I think it was. Right. So today and tomorrow, I think the the winds have switched, and they might see a north wind there. So seventeen and eighteen will will certainly play a little more difficult. Right. So mm-hmm. you're going to be, you know, you're not hitting wedges. I think they're hitting more shots in the, even in the practice rounds. Justin Thomas was talking about it hitting a hitting a driver and a mid iron. That's interesting on 18. So I think that hole is going to play a little more difficult. Oh, by the way, do you need height to play good golf? Look at the two at the top. These guys are 5'8 if they're standing on their toes. The two of them, but what games they've got here at the Players, uh, What what you can't determine who's going to win the Players' Championship yeah. at, at all. Not like Augusta. These two players here, Tommy Fleetwood's intriguing. Well, look, at, look at Fleetwood. Look at what Justin Thomas has done. been in contention for the last month. McElroy's been in contention for the last month. And you're right. Nobody is 6'4", 250 <laughs> walking out there. You know, it helps to maybe have Dustin Johnson's length and frame, but Brooks Kepka. Some of the, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, that yeah, helps. Yes, you know. the Terminator. Yes, yes, you know, you have the same problems with your shirts. Yeah, right. Sometimes getting it over your arms. Right. That's yeah. right. That's Talking right. at her. Well, we share a tailor, <laughs> just so you know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we had to have the special Donald Ross clothing <laughs> order for you. That's right. That's yes. right. That's right. All right. Let's step aside here from Glen Oak. The sun is out now, Jeff. Yes. Yes, it's beautiful now. That's right. Beautiful day here at Glen grass. Oak coming up, and we're seeing grass. Grass. Golf soon. We're looking forward to it. And when we come back, more on the Players' Championship, the fifth major. We'll go down to Sawgrass next. Kevin Sylvester live will join us here on TD Green. We're with PGA Pro Tim Freeze, PGA Pro Jeff Metis. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for being with us. TD Green live at Glen Oak coming back right after this on WGR. We are back here on Tee to Green, live from Glen Oak Golf Course in Amherst. Brian Colziel, PGA Pros, Jeff Metis, and Tim Freeze. Thanks for being with us. We'll check in with Kevin Sylvester in just one moment from Florida as we get you our check of the PGA Tour leaderboard. Two-way tie at the top between Tommy Fleetwood and Rory McIlroy as they each shoot 65-67, and then McIlroy went 67-65. Some impressive golf from the two of them, they'll be the final pairing today at 240. Uh, three shots back in a large tie for third, including some names that include Jim Furyk, who shot a 64 yesterday. Ian Poulter is also at 9 under par. He usually plays this tournament very well. Uh, some other notable names, Jason Day is minus 8. He is 4 off the lead. Dustin Johnson is minus 7. Uh, John Rahm is also minus 7. Minus 6, Keegan Bradley, Patrick Reed. Uh, Adam Scott is at minus five. DeChambeau, Garcia, Kucher, all at minus five. Simpson, Keimer, who's won this event. Simpson, the defending champion. Finau, minus four. Rose, minus four. He had a good day yesterday. Tiger Woods tied for 39th. He is 
at minus three, as well as Ricky Fowler, who is also at minus three. Uh, so there's your look at the leaderboard, and we want to bring in Kevin Sylvester now, who's working hard this week for PGA Tour Radio down at Sawgrass. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good to be with you. Kev, you are getting the groups lately. My goodness gracious. <laughs> hey. Well, you were it's hard with... not to get a, get a good right. group at the Players' Championship, you know. I mean, uh, it's a star-studded field. It's the deepest field in golf. And, you know, when you look at uh, the field that's assembled, the purse for the tournament, um, I mean, it's just you're, you're going to see some fantastic golfers and some fantastic golf. Yeah, Rory, yesterday, that's, that sounded fantastic. Uh, let me tell you, Jeff, you know, I, I, I witnessed Jim 58 at the Travelers Championship, and it was phenomenal. And actually, I, I followed Jim Furyk uh, for his final four holes yesterday, and it was pretty darn good to watch, too. But watching Rory that entire round inside the ropes with him um, and calling the shots was uh, will be one of the most memorable rounds um, I've ever called the PGA Tour radio or witnessed it in person. It was just spectacular, and particularly um, how he did it, because three punted the first hole, uh, you know, and bogeyed, walks up, bounces right back with a birdie. Then it was a lot of patience, because he didn't get another birdie until the eighth hole, which is not a birdie hole. It's, as a matter of fact, the most difficult hole in the golf course, a 235-yard par three. It always plays into the wind. Uh, there's 10 bunkers around the green there. Players just play really for the front of the surface. Try to two-putt and get over the ninth tee to par five to try to make their birdie. And, yeah, he changed a putt. Uh, well, he hit a great shot. Actually, he hit a bad shot that turned out to be a good shot, right? Sometimes you got to be lucky. And it, it, it caught a slope and then, you know, fed to uh, about, the, I think it was 10 feet behind the hole and, and made that putt for birdie. And... Then on the backside, you know, the, the 11th hole is a birdie hole. And he had 268. Um, I think he hit a two-iron in. And he, he tugged it just a, yeah, right? Just tugged <laughs> it a little bit from 268. And ended up missing an eight-footer for birdie. And, you know, that's a birdie hole. And then on the 12th, all the players go for the green off the tee. He was short and the wedge shots around the chips around the green, the greens are so fast. And I saw this at Darrell Palmer last week too. There, there is nothing for the ball to grab onto when you're trying to get the check up to the hole. And it released 25 feet pass, which, you know, they're not taking advantage of a short hole, but then he drains the 25 footer. And I think that really propelled him to that finish that he had. As a matter of fact, when I talked to him after the round, in an interview, he, he agreed. He goes, yeah, that, that putt was huge for me to keep some momentum going. Any chat from the players, chatter about um, the different course conditions because they're overseeded this season as opposed to the normal surface they play on? Well, yes, and let me tell you, it looks gorgeous. When I got on property Wednesday, I was just blown away at just how beautiful it looked. Uh, I've been here the last two years. In May, and just, you know what a difference that overseeded ryegrass they put down. I mean that lush green uh, that you see, but it also made things softer because it had been a little wet here, and the course played softer for sure on Thursday. A little firmer yesterday because winds forced dried out the greens. But what was unusual, um, you know, the ball was not releasing in the fairway 
as we've seen in the past. And on the greens, uh, the greens were really soft uh, and receptive on Thursday, which uh, made yesterday's scores uh, a bit surprising to me because the greens are a little firmer and faster. Now, it's all going to flip this weekend, Jeff, but we're going to get I think a high of 65 today. I know, boo-hoo, right? But yeah. <laughs> high of 65 <laughs> today. And then tomorrow uh, we're looking at maybe a high of 60, but much cooler overnight, and the winds are going to shift. So 17, 18, for example, will play into the wind. <laughs> it's going to make those holes so much more difficult. Hey, Kev, the, uh, the galleries, I'm always interested. You, you've got the Tiger galleries, and every time he plays, there's just people following, no matter how good or bad. But Tiger had quite a round too. What is it? What is a gallery? You've been out there now a bunch of weeks, uh, like a Rory gallery. How he's playing good? Are people starting to follow some of these younger players that are really kind of flashy? Uh, you know, is there a transition going on, or is it still kind of a Tiger gallery feel? Well, yeah, it's a great question, Tim. Uh, you know, the Tiger gallery is the Tiger gallery, right? I mean, there's just uh, nothing like it. It's like ten deep around greens, and you just see this uh, massive wave of humanity. You know. Um, moving <laughs> from hole to hole. Um, but Phil draws a great crowd. He was playing Leroy. And when you look at what the tour does with uh, featured groupings, uh, Dustin Johnson's group with Sergio Garcia and John Rahm were the group ahead of Rory McElroy and Phil Mickelson and Matt Kuchar. He got six very popular players right there, back-to-back groups. So, the gallery was really a two-hole gallery, if you will. Um, they would stay and move ahead and, and watch. So I'd say they're three to four deep uh, with Rory's gallery as opposed to ten deep with Tigers. That's pretty good. Kevin Sylvester joining us from TPC Sawgrass, where the Players' Championship is being held. Uh, Kevin, how about just, let, just a quick thought on how Tommy Fleetwood is playing. I know that... McElroy's round yesterday of the 65, you know, moves him into the lead. He'll, I'm sure he'll be getting the headlines, but uh, Fleetwood's been playing very well. He's looking for his first PGA Tour win. We know he's won a lot around the world, but this would be a, a, his first win PGA Tour-wise, right? Yes, it would be. You know, he was in position last week, too, at Arnold Palmer Invitational, as was Rory McElroy. You know, shocking, right? Two guys who played extremely well last week yeah. are have the 36-hole lead. I don't, I don't know why that we're, we're surprised by that. You know, golfers get hot and get on runs. I mean, look at Keith Mitchell. Um, you know, he's at eight under par after a great round yesterday. He's had a hot couple of weeks here, including that win at the Honda Classic. Um, so it, it, there's a long way to go, though. That's the thing. There is a, there's still 36 holes to play, and a lot's going to happen over the next two rounds of golf uh, and the weather change. But this we do know. Fleetwood can play. And he's an outstanding player, and he's he's going to win at some point. I mean, you don't keep playing this well and not win. And I'll say the same for Rory McIlroy. Um, you know, he keeps putting himself in contention, and people keep looking at, well, he didn't do it on Sunday. But what, what they're on the positive side of things, he keeps putting himself in that position, and the breakthrough is going to happen. Even Matt Kuchar, I mentioned that after the first round, like, hey, look. You know, I, I've been on runs where, hey, you just keep putting yourself there, putting yourself. You're going to win, and you just. You know, you know you're playing well, and then there's one week where you just know it. You just know it's going to happen. Um, yeah. So I, I found that to be an interesting comment. So that we could apply that to both Fleetwood and McElroy right now. Yeah. Kevin, two players that missed the cut I wanted to add, get your thoughts on. Uh, Jordan Spieth continues to just be inconsistent. Like, he has a good round. You think, okay, maybe he's getting his game back. 
Uh, I think I saw a quote from him saying that he feels like his putting is back now. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned Mickelson in that grouping. Um, a question of whether or not he was even going to play going into this week. Uh, and he really struggled to start yesterday. So both of them are not going to be playing the weekend. Well, golf, golf's a funny game, right? Um, if you're putting great, usually you're not uh, hitting the ball for tee great. Um, <laughs> trying to get it all together. Remember when Jordan wasn't putting well, his ball striking was great. He just his, the putting was uh, just disappeared for him. Um, you know, Phil Mickelson, he's 48 years old, and you know I think there's some fatigue there um, for sure. And you know, I, Phil to me has always been an all or nothing guy. And he, even though he's won here, he, he said after runs like I just don't play that course very well. But the third hole, he found like a one hole that did him in. On Thursday, he four putted the group from 25 feet. You're like, how does that happen? Well, he, he's 25 foot putt for par. He put it in the bunker, ran a four feet pass, lipped out a four footer, went to four feet, lipped it out again, and then made another four footer, um, and then. Subsequently, on Friday, he double bogeyed the hole. Same deal, you know, uh, burning edges on putts. Uh, it just takes that much to be off, um, you know, misreads or just hitting the ball too hard. But he was really loose uh, both rounds with a with tee ball, really pushing the drives. And, you know, this golf course doesn't favor any one type of player, uh, whether you're lefty or righty, whether you draw or fade the golf ball, you've got to be able to hit all the shots at TBC Sawgrass. So um, there still were some moments, though, Brian. On number 10, pushed it way left uh, into the trees and then hit an incredible shot onto the green for a 30-foot birdie 10. Didn't make the putt, but I was just looking at where he was. How did he get the ball onto the green? So, um, yeah, you know, Phil will be back. But just when you think about his age and what he's still able to do and be a winner on the season of the PGA Tour, pretty remarkable. Yeah. Kevin, last thing before we let you go here. Um, I know what Jimmy Fallon was involved this week doing one of his skits with some of these players this week. Can you give everybody a little piece of what that was all about? Yeah, so it was uh, nobody knew this was happening really until Fallon ran it Thursday night on the Tonight Show. He, through one of the public relations specials of the PGA Tour, had phrases that they wanted players to work in the press conferences, just a normal speech, and, and nobody knew this was happening. So uh, the players obliged and did it. For example, Adam Scott had to say Reba McIntyre concert. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the t- Tiger Woods said, uh, Tony Danta in the stanza. <laughs> and, uh, Roy McElroy had all you can eat breadsticks. So our PGA Tour radio team yesterday, we took it upon ourselves like, okay, if your player uh, that you're covering had one of those phrases, you needed to work that into your broadcast. So I had Rory, so I, I worked in the all-you-can-eat breadsticks uh, in the broadcast. And we didn't tell our producer we were going to do that, too. So that was kind of a, a fun thing for us to, uh, to work in. But it was really funny to see the reaction of people uh, when they did it. So uh, it, yeah. it was fun stuff. And the way I worked it in, you know, Rory, who did make a comment in his post-round uh, press conference about slow play uh, when he's waiting on the eighth tee, you know, they come to me for the tee ball, and I say, well, after a long wait, I mean, pretty much longer than the all you breadsticks in the media center, you know, Roy McIlroy. <laughs> so, that's right. Um, the, you know, the talkback eruption that's kind of inside broadcasting for people uh, was, was pretty good. So nice. that was fun. But we won't be doing that today. we got that's 36 right. holes to 
determine the next player's champion. And speaking of uh, lines in the media room, I saw that uh, the media members were happy about about Ryan Moore's hole in one at seventeen. Well, you know, it's so so. I've been at events where you know players get a hole in one, and there's a there's a cooler beer, uh, you know, in the press center, you know, which is it was a very nice gesture uh, that happened. Then there was probably about a year and a half period where uh, it didn't happen. And then it started back up again, frankly, last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I, and I put out a picture of it on Instagram, Twitter, and all that stuff. DA points at a hole-in-one at the Arnold Palmer. And he, there was uh, Michelob Ultra Force, uh, which is great. Appreciate that. Sponsor of Petey Green. <laughs> and so I, I think uh, that that tradition will move forward now on the That's PGA good. Tour, which is pretty cool. But Rich That's- Bean was not happy he didn't make it out to the TV compound. Just in the media center. That's right. Yeah, I saw a lot of media members tweeting pictures next to that big case of Michelob Ultra. They were excited to see that <laughs> in the media room after the hole in one. All right, Kevin. Well, enjoy the weekend. Obviously, uh, the stage is set for some incredible golf with a lot of these big names. So uh, it's always a good stage there uh, down the stretch at this Players Championship. So enjoy. We'll be listening, and uh, we'll see you next week here on the show. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to being back with you guys. Um, you know, and I'm bringing back a ton of laundry. Okay, it's been two weeks on the road, boys. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've been traveling. All right. Thanks, Kev. Talk to you All soon. Right, See you. All right, Kevin Sylvester at the Players Championship. You can listen to him on PGA Tour Radio this weekend. Yeah, Fleetwood McIlroy playing well. Should be Matt Rory's been in so many of these, but he hasn't been able to finish one. Yeah, they're we'll talking about Rory can... on Sundays. I don't know. You, you, you go out and you play your best, and sometimes you just don't have it. I don't ever. I don't ever think about Rory like not being a finisher in any way. He's I just had a, a little stretch here where maybe he hasn't. He's got his majors. He's he's learned to finish. Yes. The only tournament I feel like he's just like I have to get is that Masters. He's to get his Grand Slam. Like that may be the spot where he feels pressure at some point. But these other ones, I feel like he's. Yeah, I'm he's sure. Good. Yeah, he's putting pressure on himself, though, probably more than anybody is from the outside, I would imagine. You know, you, you really want that. Sometimes you can want it too bad, right? Yeah, Nicholson with his U.S. Open, right? Yeah, yeah. He's still and hitting driver off 18 too many times. But other than that. Yeah, Roy's settling into his, his life nicely now, too. He married uh, Erica there a few years back, and now he's settling in where here's Spieth. Same thing. It's a relationship thing, and he's just kind of not quite there. But Rory, I mean, if he keeps playing like this, in contention, going into Augusta, that's pretty exciting. Up until last week, wasn't it four finishes in a row? And then last week he sputtered a little. I think he's still top ten or awful close. Right. Um, playing good again this week. It's Golf's more fun when he's playing well. Um, I meant to ask Kevin, one of the coolest, like, he is just a fun guy to watch at golf balls. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful, just motion. It, it, there's economy of... Of his energy, it's one of the best, cool-looking swings out there. And a guy that's five eight, flying at three twenty, and just, it doesn't look like he's really doing it. It's beautiful. Oh, he blasts it. It's yeah, just and if he puts halfway good, th- here's where he is. Yeah, he's better than everybody. And he's got that swagger walk as he's yeah yeah. He's got the shoulders moving a little more when he's walk when he's in the groove. Yeah, yeah. it's more of a strut, right? Yeah, he struts. struts down I like fairways. it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good to see when he's playing great. Okay, time out here on Tee to Green. We're live at Glen Oak. Thanks to Kevin for joining us. Uh, from the players. When we come back, we've got our Western New York PGA tip of the week. So listen up. Jeff and Tim will give you their great insight and some great giveaways here. Some Glen Oak swag. Check out the picture I just tweeted out of what we're giving away. A little St. Paddy's Day theme. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll Friday have, day tomorrow. That's right. We'll have that to uh, give away to our T to Green club members. Sign up, t2green.golf. 
Back with our tip of the week here, live at Glen Oak with PGA Pros, Tim Fries and Jeff Medes. I'm Brian Colziel, Derek Kramer producing in our Amherst studios. Thanks for being with us here on T to Green on WGR. Seven fifty back here at Glen Oak. We roll on on TD Green, our final segment. Thanks for Kevin Sylvester joining us from the Players Championship last segment. Hey, if you ever uh, miss the show, shame on you. No, you should uh, <laughs> go back and listen to it in our on-demand audio section, WGR550.com. We'll have it there uh, just a little bit later this morning. Uh, if you're just joining us this morning, we, you've already missed. Uh, we had Andrew Hickey from the New York State Golf Association on talking about the new rules for 2019. And as I mentioned, Kevin Sylvester from the Players' Championship last segment, uh, we're going to be giving away some great Glen Oak swag here in a moment uh, to one of our Tee to Green club members. You can sign up, tdegreen.golf. Um, and we also got to talk about some of the things that are going on here. But first, let's get to our tip of the week. And for those of you that might venture out and play maybe within the next week or two, you might encounter some soggy conditions. So Not might. Not might. You okay. will. Yeah. You will. You will encounter okay. some soggy conditions, yes. Thank you for correcting me. That's yes. correct. All right. Hitting a ball, golf ball, when you know it's a little soggy, you're, you, you can, you're, you're squishing when you're <laughs> yeah, on your feet, you're over the ball, and you're like, all right, it's going to be a little squishy shot here. Uh, what are some of the things to think about to hit a good golf shot so you just don't end up with a pile of mud in your face? Well, I'd like at this time of year, I'd like you to swing in control of yourself. So, you know, make sure you're swinging at a speed you control. Still swing aggressively. You want to start creating speed. But move that ball back in your stance, maybe. I would suggest three things. Move the ball back a little bit in your stance. Choke up a half inch. You know, choke up a little bit on that club. And, and have what we call a shallow angle of attack where you're going to sweep that ball a little bit more than coming down straight on it where you take a, a very skinny shallow divot or just, cut, you know, clip the tops of the grass. Uh, learn where the ground is a little bit early in the season, and uh, yeah, try to try to make sure you're swinging in balance, a little bit shallower, shorten up on the club, move it back. And that's an important point too, because as you settle, like in a bunker, you should really choke up. What's happening is your feet are going to sink into this as the frost leaves the ground. It's going to be pretty gooey on top. Your feet are going to sink in. It could be a half inch. So if you choke up on the club, now that club ball relationship is going to be what you're used to, rather than standing on firm ground. The ball's going to sit the same on the ground, but your feet are going to settle in. So choking is one of the things I always do. And then that shallowing angle of attack, if you practice, you go to a dome and, and stand on a bucket of balls on your left foot and try to feel like you're sweeping up, what that's going to do is increase your launch angle, and it's also going to lessen that steepness of a divot. And When it's wet out here, like you said, instead of getting a pile of mud in your face and you're hitting a shot into the wind, if you can learn to sweep it a little bit better, um, many of these tour players are actually doing more sweeping especially with their drivers getting the launch angle up. So you have to carry it. You're not getting any roll here in the spring. So how can you launch it higher? Hit with a bucket of balls under your left, or, a, you know, like a basket, a block or something on your left foot. Practice that at home. Um, like you're swinging up. Moving the ball back is actually going to try to shallow you out from the inside. All those tips are going to help try, try and hit a ball when it's gooey. Yeah, my favorite drill for that is uh, those high tees at the domes. There you go. Put to put it on the high tee and try to hit your three wood off. Three wood. It. Yeah, if you can hit your three wood off that, that's a shallow angle of attack. It shouldn't pop up. It should go out still in a flat drawing motion. Up. Yeah, there. you don't want to hit the bottom of the tee and then the ball just goes straight up in the air or the top of your club. You so roof. you get those marks. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Those yeah, those little we marks. Have nicknames there, right for those marks. Yes, that's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> There's your Western New York PGA tip of the week. Hey, if you want to check on what's going on 
uh, with golf events and things to get involved in, whether it's getting your kids involved or maybe yourself uh, or lessons or checking in with your local PGA Pro, check out uh, the Western New York PGA's website, WNYPGA.com. Uh, okay, let's give away some good stuff here. Hey, if you check my Twitter timeline, at BrianWGR, I just put out a picture uh, just a few minutes ago. We're going to be giving away to one of our lucky TD Green Club members here a awesome Glen Oak hat with a nice new logo, which fits for this weekend. Talk about the new logo. That's a triquetra. It's got some Irish roots, as Jeff, uh, we all... We think it's kind of funny, but just a new branding here for us here, and we're trying to get back to some Irish roots, some some history, and we'll do that around Glen Oak. Uh, but it is kind of a neat uh, – it's got some symbolism um, that goes way back, more than golf, actually, but uh, just kind of fun for that's us. That's right. So the logo with the Irish theme. The speaking Irish knot. It's an it's Irish, Irish knot. Yeah. Irish knot, that's mm-hmm. right. And speaking of the Irish theme, uh, we're going to give away some Pro V1s, Shamrock Balls. So those are pretty cool. St. Patrick's Day. That so, would be the swag. Yes. That's right. So there's the swag. So you get some St. Patrick's Day Shamrock Pro V1s, and you get the Glen Oak Irish-themed new logo. Yes. Yeah. Try Quetra. but it's an Irish knot. We're to the parade knot. tomorrow. Yes. That's right. So you get the hat and the Pro V1s with the Shamrock balls. And this week's lucky winner from our TD Green Club is Bob Dobson. No. Oh, brother-in-law. No. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> You guys know Bob? No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. That's it. Jeez. Welcome, reaction. Way to go, Bob. <laughs> Congratulations, Bob. We'll be uh, giving you that Glen Oak awesome hat and the Pro V's with the Shamrock logo on it. So happy St. Patrick's Day. We got You got a little St. Sa- Sa- Patrick's Day gift, courtesy of everybody here at Glen Oak and uh, part of being a member of the TD Green Club. If you want to be a member of the TD Green Club, there's nothing else that you need to do other than just sign up. It's free. Uh, go to T, the number two, T2Green.golf, and uh, click on the tab where it says TD Green Club. Just put in your name and your email, and you're in. We're going to be giving away stuff all year long, so I uh, hope uh, you can take advantage of that. All right, we've got two minutes and some major renovations going on here. I saw over in the, the banquet facility, Tim. Did you take a little tour of our deconstruction? That's Jeff, uh, Jeff has given me a couple of tours. I was trying to get you to work. That's right. <laughs> trying to help us tear all right. down. I took it back there. You got 10 seconds. Absolutely. It's, uh, <laughs> we've been working on it all winter. We're very excited to have the Western PGA offices here. Um, our bank facility has been redesigned. Our downstairs, nice little facelift for our for uh, a redesigned uh, oak room, we call it. It could be a different name there. And uh, uh, it's it's going to be pretty special here for golf, for a kind of a golf mecca, and also uh, having nice events. New York State is going to be coming here. We're having the State Am Qualifier. So we're right. very excited for what's going on. Big yeah. year. We'll be back here in two weeks to talk more about the Western PGA offices and their big opening. So It'll be great. Tim, Jeff, thank you. Yep, here comes the sun. That's right. Derek Kramer back in our studios. Thank you very much for PGA Pro Jeff Metis, PGA Pro Tim Freeze. I'm Brian Koziel. T to Green every Saturday right here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.